What's going on, guys? Welcome back. It's 10 Minutes Modern here on Anchor. Chat with you guys every day about the best game in the world, Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, talking to you right now about what's going on in the world of MTG. It's Saturday. I'm about to head out to a party for the holiday season. And I wanted to talk about a few spoilers in the current spoiler season for Rivals of Ixalan. Most specifically, Storm the Vault. Before I get into it, I want to remind everybody here, this is Anchor. It's like Twitter meets podcasting. Download the app. If you listen to the content every single day on the app, the app keeps going. We get to keep giving away free stuff like the foil Tarmogoyf we gave away yesterday. Let's talk spoilers. Storm the Vault. Red, blue, two, legendary enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a color. A colorless treasure artifact token with tap. Sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. At the beginning of your end step, if you control five or more artifacts, transform Storm the Vault. It flips into Vault of Catlacan, and that is a legendary land that is Tolarian Academy. Straight up. Except that it has the tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool as the first ability, and tap to add a blue to your mana pool for each artifact you control. So it actually flips into Tolarian Academy with upside. What to do with this card? How good is this card? Well, it's the most recent spoiler. There's a, there's a grip of other spoilers that have already been put online. Um, I would say of the spoilers so far... Silvergill add-up's the most exciting, because it's nice that card is going to be available again. This is the most interesting. What do you make of this card? First of all, it costs four. It's a multicolor enchantment that's doing the same flip into land thing that all of the cool, you know, rights of Itlamach and uh, the blue one that everybody likes to play that I'm escaping me right now. It leads me to believe that there will be a cycle of multicolored legendary enchantments that flip into awesome lands which is cool. Um, four mana is tough and modern, so what do you do with this card? This fits like kind of more into the the sort of like Corklan Ironworks and Paradox Engine and, and like cards that cost four to six that interact well with artifacts than it fits with anything else. It's a four drop. So it's a four drop that when you play it on turn four, if you set it up, will probably flip, right? And it's possible that it would flip if you played it on turn three because you've accelerated into it maybe with like pentad prism or something but you still need five artifacts and it's an enchantment not an artifact so it doesn't count itself so how do you get five artifacts on the battlefield you have to play a heavy heavy artifact theme let's say you're playing dark steel citadels you're playing mox opals you're playing mishra's baubles uh, i mean there's there's a way to probably get five artifacts on the battlefield by turn three maybe Probably not, though, considering you're playing this card on turn three. So this is probably going to be a four drop, and if you're, if you're hoping to flip it the turn, you play it. Then it flips over, and it taps to, in theory, add five mana to your mana pool, right? Yeah, four or five mana to your mana pool, which is a big acceleration. And if you, if you have something really, really cool to do with it, that's great. The issue with that is I feel like if you're playing a, like, a, like a turbo, hyper, accelerated to the most mana possible deck... You're probably just playing Tron, and if you're not playing Tron, you're probably playing something that is not going to just jam as many artifacts on the battlefield as possible. The cost and colors and the fact that this is not an artifact are all of the things that make me skeptical of how good this card is going to be. On the other hand, the opportunity to create infinite mana with this card seems pretty high, considering it's going to be a land that untaps and retaps to add a ton of mana, which means that, like... There are plenty of expensive abilities that untap a permanent, um, that untap a permanent that I feel like you would be able to power with this land's mana, because tapping for five, just like 
take for instance like Lotus Lotus uh, the five drop one Lotus something uh, Gilded Lotus that's what I'm looking for there's enough things that, that combo to go infinite with Gilded Lotus that you can play in Modern if you wanted to cast a 5-drop that I feel like this thing's going to produce 4 to 5 mana in most cases, which means it probably can go infinite even easier, except the fact that it's not an artifact. So specifically what you do with this card, I'm not sure. It does feel like there's an opportunity there. The type and the cost are two things that dissuade me, but I won't be surprised when the first Crazy Storm the Vault deck comes out. And it's totally possible that I come up with something personally to play with this because I think it's really, really cool. Anyway, those are my first thoughts on Storm the Vault. Coming up next, I will review a couple of the other spoilers that are floating around. However, this was definitely the one that I wanted to talk about the most. Thanks for listening. It's 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Enjoy your weekend. Happy holidays, guys. Let's keep talking Magic the Gathering. What's happening, guys? Welcome back. It's part two here of 10 Minutes of Modern on Anchor. It's Saturday night. As I said, getting ready to go to a holiday party. Very excited. And looking over the current cards that have been spoiled for Rivals of Ixalan, not a great deal of them, but I did just talk about Storm the Vault. Interesting card. Fun stuff to be said about it. If you're hearing this, go back and check that one out. Um, you know, looking through the other cards that have been spoiled, the only other two that are really on my radar that I'd want to talk about, the first one would be the Immortal Sun. It's a six-mana artifact, legendary artifact. Players can't activate loyalty ability of Planeswalkers. The beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card. Spells you cast cost one less to cast, and creatures you control get plus one, plus one. It's very similar to, like, a Staff of Nin or a Caged Sun or some card like that. Gauntlets of Might. Um, super sweet card. Really cool. Not a modern card. Like, the day this card sees play is a, is a real card in modern. I'll be shocked, but really fun. Uh, I love, like, the idea of powering this out in a, in a, in a Tron deck that's, like, not playing Karn. <laughs> Is like it's horrible with Karn, but anyway, uh, the card seems sweet, but definitely not a modern card. The other card that I think is most interesting, and I've talked about this card already, is Galtra Primal Hunger. But I thought I'd just expand on it a little more now because thinking about it a little bit more, it's 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 a fun idea. So the Mono Green Stompy deck is like a thing people have tried to do in Modern for some time. For those that don't uh, know what I'm talking about, the Mono Green Stompy deck is like all of the beefiest one, two, and three drops in green. So like Leatherback Bailoths and all like the three twos for, for green green and j just all of like the generally good mono green cards with the biggest pump spells. Um, I think people probably play Become Immense in that deck. Rancor. It's just mono green stomp. It's exactly what it, you'd think it is. It's, it's a very straightforward deck. Um, you play, like, I think I've seen people play, like, Blossoming Defense or Vines of Vastwood, so you can protect from getting blown out, but it's just big creatures being as aggressive and big as possible. People have talked about this card, Galtra Primal Hunger, which is green-green 10 for a legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur. It's a 12-12 trample that states it costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. What's the fastest you could get a Galtra into play? It's the real question, right? The fastest you can get a Galtra into play is probably turn 3, and to do it, you'd probably have to have, I'm guessing, a good drop on turn one, a good drop on turn two. Maybe maybe you can do it if you play it in like a Wild Nacoddle deck. And let me think. If you play enough Street Wraiths and Fetch Lands and other things of that nature... No, it's, you could, you're, ne you're never going to get this card out on turn two. This is going to be a turn three card. So what's going to end up happening is, it's not that hard if you do it on turn three, right? So let's just say Nicodal turn one, uh, bigger two drop on turn two, like the th or even, even if you went Nicodal on turn one, Nicodal, Nicodal turn two, then you already have nine power. So then on turn three, playing this card for 
yeah, that card, then, then it's really easy to play. So turn three with this card's not super hard. Um, it's it, With a Become Immense, you probably have a lot more control over it, so sculpting your deck to be able to get this card on the battlefield means probably playing a pretty hefty Fetchland, Become Immense, Mishra's Bobble, Street Wraith. Basically, just this card just should go into Death Shadow is what it sounds like. I guess playing this card in Death Shadow seems fine, considering Death Shadow is going to be like a 7-7 or an 8-8 a lot of the time, so you'll get this card for almost nothing. But I don't really know that Death Shadow needs this card, but maybe. I mean, I'm sure people have talked about it in Death Shadow. Um, I'm more interested in this card in a mono green deck. It just seems like a really, really fun card to play post-combat on turn 3 or turn 4. Um, it just seems like you'll get there. Uh... Granted, if you are attacking with something with enough power on those turns where your deck is doing what it's supposed to do, do you really want to be playing this card post-combat? Or would you rather this card was just another piece of interaction to force through the threats that you already have that are big enough to get this guy for cheap? I'm not really sure. What I do know is that a 12-12 Trample creature is really, really good, and I have a sneaking suspicion this card will see play. I mean, take Kalni Hydra, for instance. Kalni Hydra, if I remember, costs like... 8 green or something like that, and it's an 8-8 eight, eight trample. It costs 1 less to cast for each green creature you control. Um, this card's a lot worse, obviously, Colony Hydra, but it's kind of a similar idea, where if you sculpt your deck in a certain way, you'll be able to get an 8-8 eight, eight trample for like 2 or 3. I just think a 12-12 trample's better. So, seems like Galtra's a card people are going to try to play. I'm interested in trying to play this card. It definitely seems like my style, because getting a huge creature for 2 mana is the kind of thing I like to try to do. I want to know who can play this card on turn two. That's what I'm interested in. Anyway, guys, thanks a lot for listening. It's 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Be sure to favorite the station. If you like what you're hearing, check back tomorrow for more Modern.